You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and today, something of our concern. That's our topic today. Something of our concern. Today, on Words of Encouragement. This morning, I... I've entitled this, Something of Our Concern. Uh, And you probably, when you leave, will say, well, it should have been called (laughs) something else. Uh, But Something of Our Concern. In the the Pixar movie, Up, uh, if you've not watched that with your grandchildren, you need to. Uh, If you've not seen the movie, it's one of the best. Um, Just caution you, you, you do need Kleenexes at one point. Uh, it is an animated movie, but it, it it oh boy, they get to you. But in this in this movie, Mr. Fredrickson, one of the main characters, I think more than once says something that that something is nothing of his concern. Uh, today, I want to talk about something that well well should be something of our concern. As we observe, obsess, and wonder about the world in which we live, I think it would be a great idea for us to look at our relationship with God. I think we look at our world, we're looking at everything that's happening, we're concerned about it all, we're looking at some, you know, people following this rabbit hole, people following this one, people grabbing hold of this and saying it's true, and then we find out, no, it's not, or, well, it depends on if you believe that source or not. I mean, it's just a crazy thing. We need to really look at our relationship with the Lord. You and I need to do that, all of us as Christians. When it comes to trusting Him, we must come to Him as little children. I know this happens to you because I know the Holy Spirit works. And I know the Holy Spirit is working when we read His Word. And I know that when I look at a passage of Scripture, sometimes I look at it and I just see it and I move along. And then maybe years later, I will see that same scripture after having seen it sometimes in between. But at the right moment, at the right time, the Holy Spirit of God pulls it, makes it jump off the page and a lesson is learned. And that is what is happening. Uh, That is what's happened to me when I read this passage of scripture and I realized exactly what is happening here. Jesus has something to say about being a little child, and I think you will find it very helpful in your walk, in our walk with Him. If you are able and willing, stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. The Bible says this, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. A question of concern is brought to Jesus. Now, this is obviously 
something you and I need to do. There's always, there's so much in the Word of God that we can learn from. And obviously, these disciples had a concern and they knew where to take their concern. Thankfully, they knew where to go. They didn't go somewhere else. They didn't make up something. They didn't come up with some, you know, some theory out there of how they would be the greatest. They just simply flat out decided to ask Jesus, which is always the best course of action. So a question, a concern is brought to Jesus. These disciples were curious. It was of their concern as to who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now this question is a mixed up question. This question is a mixed up question here because you remember that the disciples are thinking that the kingdom of God is going to be made right here on earth and they're going to be a part of it right here and Jesus is the one who's going to bring in the kingdom and it's all going to happen right here, right now. And so with that in their minds, they are thinking, well, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the greatest? In this kingdom, this new kingdom. Their focus of concern was not what they needed to be concerned about. But it was on their minds. They wondered. And so I think obviously you and I have room to wonder about things as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. They had room to wonder. We have room to wonder. We have room to question and say, hey, what is this? What is, I have this concern, God. Now, we may not like the answer we get. We may not get an immediate answer. We may not ever get the answer till we get to heaven. But we have that room as believers to ask questions. And if we're wondering about something, well then, hey, ask God about it. And so these disciples came to Jesus with their concern. Look at verses 2 and 3. And he called a child to himself. Now wait a minute. They asked who's the greatest. But it says, and then he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus is not saying that you're you need to be converted into a child. That's not what he's talking about. The word converted here means what you think it means, being changed, being turned from what you once were to what you need to be in Jesus. That's what he's talking about. So he's, he says, unless you are converted, changed, and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus redirects their concern from who's the greatest to to a concern of how to get into heaven. He's like, you need to be more concerned that you're going to get there. (laughs) You need to be more concerned that you're going to go there and that you have made the preparation rather than who's going to be the greatest once it happens. Once the kingdom occurs, once that happens, the kingdom of heaven, <laughs> when it happens, we, we, we need to be just more concerned that we're there rather than who's the greatest. But they had a concern, and that's okay. But getting there, how one makes it to heaven, is the greatest concern. Where you end up, 
if in a place of greatness or not, is not something we need to be worried about or concerned about down here. We need to have the assurance that we're going to be in heaven rather than worrying about who's going to be the greatest when we get there. This entire exchange must have happened near a group of people, at least near a child, because Jesus was able to, it says, called a child to himself. So evidently the child was near enough to be called to himself. He could hear him. He could hear Jesus. And so Jesus called this child near. He brings the child in front of them, the Bible says. And he says, unless you are converted, unless you're turned, unless uh, you are turned. These disciples, they needed to be turned from their focus of who was the greatest into making it to heaven at all in, in the first place. You know, this is selfish thinking. And most sinful acts come from sinful thinking. Selfish thinking. Thinking of, I want this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to work a way that I get this. I'm going to make this happen. And many times it's, it's carried out in, through sinful means in order to get something we want. A lot of sin comes from this sense of selfishness, selfish thinking. The fact that we even have the opportunity to go to heaven ought to overwhelm their minds. And the last thing they need to be worried about is their status once they get there. And Jesus wants to make this very clear. But this conversion, a turning of focus from earthly thinking to repentance must come first. This change in the heart must Come first, this business of who's the greatest does not matter if they're not going to heaven. I mean, you know, if you're going to be thinking, oh, well, who's going to be the greatest? We, you know, but if you're not even going to go there, if you've not made preparation to go to heaven, then you don't even really need to be worried about who's going to be the greatest. That's not going to be anything of your concern. Jesus wants to make sure that they understand conversion then as a new creature, a babe or baby in Christ, the believer must come as a little child. Must become as a little child. Look, I don't know about you, but these words hit me hard. And I realized what Jesus is saying here. I realized what God is trying to get across to us, to you, to me, is that we must become as children when we come to him we must become as little children how do we approach the throne of god well i've got uh, 12 years of schooling behind me maybe i've got four years of college behind me maybe i've got graduate school behind me maybe i've got other training behind me and that's how i approach god it better not be Because when we approach God with all that we know, we approach Him from a different perspective than that of a child who knows almost nothing. Who has yet to be taught. Who has yet to grow up. Who hasn't had all the experiences that you and I have had in our lifetime. All the ups and the downs. We need to come to God as a child. Open, our minds open, willing to hear, willing to be taught, willing to be told what to do.
willing to accept what we're told. It's a different perspective. It's an entirely different perspective. That of a child as compared to that of an adult. And when I saw this, I realized, oh my goodness, how have I been approaching God? Am I coming to him telling him what he needs to do? Am I coming to him saying, dear God, you need to work that out and that out and that out. And I don't know why you haven't taken care of this over here. My goodness, it's been years. What are you doing about that? I mean, that's still that back, back there bothering people. I mean, you need to do something about it, God. How many times have we approached God as a, an educated adult who thinks we just have a right to tell him what to do and how to handle things? Wow, we need to approach God as a little child. What does it profit a person to become like a little child? I have a friend who's a pastor's wife. Her children go to bed every night knowing that they are loved and that tomorrow there will be food, there will be clothing, and there will be shelter, and most of all, there will be love in the house. They don't have to worry they, about their security. There's a trust that they have in relation to their parents. They do not live moment by moment in fear. They do not l- have the worries of the world on their shoulders. You know, I marvel at a little baby, and I almost always say this when I see a new baby. Just look at that face. That child doesn't care about inflation. That child's not nervous about IRS agents. That child's not worried that the chicken sandwich at Popeye's may sell out. That child is not worried about anything because the child's needs are being met. They're just alive. Where is that with you and I when it comes to God? How much living have we missed because we have wanted to be in control? How much living have we missed because we have decided we're going to tell God how he needs to handle things in the world and what he's going to do next? How much have we missed out on simply living and allowing God to take care of us, to guide us, to show us right and wrong? Why do we listen to the world when it tries to tell us what's right and what's wrong and how we need to live and how we need to treat people and that it's okay to mistreat people if they mistreat you? You know what? The Bible has something to say about that. Love your enemies. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The world tells us a lot of different things. And the world's always wrong when they, when they try to tell us what's right. Unless what they're telling us comes from God. These little children, they have a routine. And that routine includes a trust that they will be taken care of and that they are safe. They don't worry. You know, I was talking to Eddie Rimes uh, this past week. And 
he was telling me about his grand grand granddaughters. Uh, one of them is uh, one of them doesn't care about you know going fishing, putting the hook on the wor- you know that hook in that worm. No big deal. The other one, oh no, I'm not touching that. <laughs> Knowing that, you know, granddaddy's going to do it for her, you know, if, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's going to be okay. But there's a trust, and, and, and there's uh, one, of, one of his granddaughters is a daredevil, just willing to just come, just run out there, you know, whatever, do whatever. And there's just that, just kind of a, almost a, whoa, recklessness there. Uh, the older she gets, we would say reckless. <laughs> the younger they are, we say fearless. <laughs> it's funny how that works. But every one of us needs to be in that sense like a child is when it comes to God and living day to day in in that trust, knowing that we're secure in Him, knowing that He's taking care of us, knowing that when we approach Him, He is going to listen to us because we're one of His children. There's a huge benefit that we can gain if we will approach God as a little child. There's great security in God when we put our trust in Him instead of our own alarm systems, cameras, and weapons of defense. We can rest easy at night knowing that we still have food, we still will have clothing, shelter, and most of all, love when we wake up in the morning. Because God is our Heavenly Father. We as believers, we as children of God need to have that childlike trust in Him. We need to approach Him as a child. We need to depend on him for everything. Well, you know, you know, preacher, I got a job and I, 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 now I can, you know, I, with my job, I pay for things I need and some things I want sometimes. And that's great, but who gave you the job? God. Well, I, I, I like to think that, uh, you know, I, I made that happen. Well, no, no, God allowed you to have the job. God works things out for his children. God's taking care of his children. And you and I, when we have this fantasy that somehow we're in charge, we fail to approach him as a child. Boy, those were the days when you could run up to your mama and and her arms would open up and she'd grab hold of you. And you you just held on. Sometimes you needed a small, short hug. Sometimes you just needed a long hug. But it was so much comfort and safety and security in that. We need to approach God in that way. We need to allow Him to be our Heavenly Father. Allow Him to be who He is in our lives. Allow Him to guide us. Allow him to be the one, like when I was growing up, my father looked at me and said, Think, son, think. Now, you can read into whatever <laughs> you want into that, <laughs> but, he <laughs> but he would often say that to me. And I need, you know, sometimes when, my, I mean, my dad's over about three miles away from me, three miles away, three hours away from me at all times. So he's not able to be with me and say, think, son. So my heavenly father has to say that to me, has to stop me and say, think, think. What are you about to say? What are you about to do? Think. But we need to have that relationship with our heavenly father. So my questions are, have you been converted? Have you been changed by God? 
If you have, then you need to become as a little child. The next thing, we see the question of concern is answered. It is answered. Look at verse 4. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus answers the question by helping them to understand once they are converted, once they have been changed, once they are saved, then they must approach God with childlike faith, a child who is trusting. When a person comes to God with this childlike trust and humility, they become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. They become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. How are they the greatest? Because they are following the Lord. They're leaning on the Lord. The relationship that God wants to have with you, with me, is that of us leaning on Him, being dependent on Him. I know it's hard to teach dependence on others when we live in America. I know that's hard, especially if you grew up in a western state, very individual-minded. I mean, look, we'll, we'll pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, we'll be okay, we'll make a way, we'll do it, we'll handle it, we'll stand up to it, whatever it is, we will make it on our own. The greatest ones who have made it, made it with the help of God. That's how they made it. The greatest ones can, are humble enough to, to understand where their help came from. It came from Him. This relationship that God wants to have with us, this dependence of us on Him, that's what He wants. Look, when we decide on our own that we're going to make it and we're going to do it, we're going to handle things, it's going to fall apart. It's not going to work out like you want it to. God so wants to have a relationship with us that he calls on us to approach him, become like a little child. Notice Jesus did not say we're to humble ourselves as this child in front of him, but we're to humble ourselves until we are like this child. That we, are, that we take ourselves down a notch, or five, or six, or ten, however much we need to bring ourselves down to humble ourselves to the point where we can admit we need God and that we can admit that we're going to lean on Him and to the point where we can say, I'm leaning on God and I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to lean on Him. My direction comes from Him. All that I am comes from Him. All that I have comes from Him. That's where we need to be as children of God, leaning on Him always. A little child has no idea that he is great unless he's told. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen the molding of a child? Watch Little House on the Prairie. Watch how little Nellie Olson is molded through the years. Just watch very closely how her mom just praises her little baby all the time. It doesn't matter what she does. You know, she, her mom will defend her actions. Oh, and she's molded that child to think that she's just a queen and should be always treated like that. 
And it happens. It happens. Later, a child begins to know and understand who they are. For the moment, they live and lean on their own parents. But what are the parents teaching that child? To lean on God? Boy, I hope so. What is Jesus getting here? Getting at here? We're to step down off of all we think we know and humble ourselves as a child. A child is teachable at a young age. They're moldable. They're trusting. They do not carry, as I said, years of disappointments, heartaches, and failures that the devil can overwhelm them with. You know that happens to you. Something in your past you've done or said, and the devil brings it back and makes you feel rotten. And you're like, you know what? I've already asked God to be forgiven of that. I don't need to listen to you, devil. And yet you just keep bringing it back, don't you? And the devil says, I will, because it works. And you say, get thee behind me. (laughs) Get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. Because I've been forgiven for all of that. But children, they don't have all that disappointment stuff that can be brought up in their minds. As we approach Jesus, as we approach God, we must lean on him for everything that we need. This dependence is what he wants out of us. We find safety and security in the care of God. And great are those who learn that lesson. Great are those who learn the lesson of depending on God. The devil, on the other hand, is all about helping us to be our best selves and not depend on anybody else for anything. He would love for us to think that we can make it all by ourselves. That's what he tried to do with Adam and Eve in the garden. He, he you know, he's, Eve said, look, you know, we, we're going to die if we eat of this fruit of the, of, this, of the tree in the middle of the garden. And, and the devil, what did he say? Oh, no, no. The, de- the serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. All this that the devil was doing was trying to convince the people that they did not need God. Has he done a good job of that in your life? Has he convinced you from time to time that you don't need God's help and that you can handle it on your own? Sometimes he does get too close to us, doesn't he? Sometimes he convinces us that we can handle things when we really can't. The problem is we do need God. We need him every second of every day. We're defenseless. We're worthless. We're helpless without him. You don't like to hear that, and I don't like to say it, but it's true. We're helpless without God. Helpless. When we realize this, when we realize that we're in need of his guidance, the care and his forgiveness every day that we live, when we realize this, we're placing ourselves in his powerful and loving care. And that is where he wants us to be. He wants us to be that little child who comes to him and says, God, I need your help. God, I'm not feeling very good today. God, I'm, I'm, I'm a little depressed today. I need to talk to you. God, I need help doing this. God, I need help trying to figure out how to get along with my neighbor. Can you help me? Can you help me? God, I'm trying to thread this needle. Can you help me? 
God wants to be that God for you. He wants to be that heavenly father for you. He wants us to be dependent upon him. Come as a little child. Have you been converted? Have you been changed by God? Have you become as a little child in your relationship with God? In ministerial circles, some, it's, it's sad what we sometimes talk about and debate, but um, there's, uh, there's some who think, you know, you shouldn't, call, you shouldn't call God daddy or father or, uh, you know, father's in the word. So I, I, go, I go with father. But some people say, well, don't call him daddy. He's not your daddy. Well, yeah, if he's your heavenly father, he is your daddy. What I'm trying to say is have that relationship with him as father. Have that relationship. If you want to call him daddy, call him daddy. If you want to call him father, call him father. If you want to call him God, call him God. But let him be your father. And you find yourself as a little child coming to him in childlike faith. What is that childlike faith? That is the faith that says, you know what, God? I know you can perform a miracle. And I'm coming to you with that knowledge in my head. And I'm trusting that you can do that. And so I'm going to ask for that. God may perform that miracle. He may do that for you. It may be exactly what he wants to do in your life. He may do it a different way. He may come at it from a different direction. Remember who knows everything. Remember you're coming to him as a child. Oh my goodness, I, don't, I cannot count on my hands how many times I would go to my own dad and say, Dad, how did, how did you do this? What, how do you do this? How do you do this? And he would show me. And he would help me to see. How that worked. And I always thought, wow, my dad just knows so much. So much. And yet my earthly dad doesn't know everything. But our heavenly father does. And so as a child, we need to come to him. Trusting him. Finding our security in him. Oh, if I could make this happen for you, I would. It's so important. I truly think this is a key in our relationship with God is that we come to Him as a child. Not as if we know it all, but as if we know nothing. And we come to Him and we ask for help. We ask of Him. We talk to Him. We spend time with Him because He's our Heavenly Father. Yes, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to humble ourselves uh, as a little child, but really that's the relationship that God wants to have with each one of us, for us to come to Him as a little child, willing, uh, trusting, seeking Him uh, for all wisdom. That's the relationship He wants. And I can tell you right now, it will be the best relationship we can ever have if we will approach God like a little child. I hope that uh, you are able to do that, and I'm, it may just be easier during these odd times that we're living in to just go to God and say, Dear God, dear Father, help me. 
I need some help. You may find that easier than ever right now. And I want you to find also that you will see God's help. You will see him there. You will experience him. If you need to accept him as your Savior, and Lord, I do pray that you will, please don't put that off. You will never understand the relationship of father and child until you do that. You'll never understand what it's supposed to be like until you accept him as your heavenly father. Please think about that. And also, please remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana.